Hallelujah. It is a great day. Let's take us in the heavenly places. I felt that there is sun in England. The sun left Africa and moved to England. I just came back from a trip to Nigeria. Can I just say this to you that our television program in Kingston, Jamaica is starting next month. You are the first group to hear that. We are now on the television in Kingston, Jamaica. We'll be visiting our crusade back in the La Vega city. God's willing next year, because after we've had the program on television for a while, then we'll be going to a crusade in Kingston and then back to the La Vega city where we have our tents there. So, for those of you who came from my papa country, tell everybody at home, we'll give you the details of when, so that we can tell everybody at home to tune to the program. Well, I'm just coming from Birmingham this morning, and I left uh, mommy there with the women, 37 women from London went to visit Birmingham and they are doing fantastic. The women are at this hour they must have been doing their thanks. They will have probably finished their thanksgiving. But we have had a heavy manifestation there from Wednesday. Now I can announce to you that Birmingham Church we have bought it. So it's no more a hired property. But what that means is more work. Now that we have bought the building, we must fold our sleeves and get ready for real hard work. There is a great need in Birmingham, Manchester, and Liverpool for us to reach out seriously, especially to black kids in Birmingham region, Manchester, and Liverpool. A lot are waiting for you and I in that region. And God's willing, between now and the month of um, July, we will be able to go and do them. Now, let me ask you, what was I teaching you before I left? The coming of the Lord. Hey, 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 why are you giving me so Is this not general quarters? Am I dreaming? The coming of the Lord. Okay, then, what scripture did we begin from? Matthew 24, verse 1. What does it say? Don't put it on the board. Take it away from the board. <laughs> Let me hear you. Let me hear them men talk to me. All right, what does it say? Just say it the way you understand it. Watch out that you... I don't... I don't I don't expect all of you to be speaking like this. I want to hear somebody speak Patua to me. Tell me Patua. Eh? All right. Watch out that you are not what? Watch out that you are not deceived. Is that what he says? Yeah, you got it now. Watch out that no one deceives you. Now, let's go back to it. And I'll take you through a few things. So it says, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you in the end time. The next verse, it says words. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. So we recognize that the greatest thing of the devil for the end time is deception. And we looked at the word no one, isn't it? So what are the categories that are within the word no one? Who is Jesus referring to when he says no one deceives? Self-deception, number two. Demonic deception or the devil, satanic deception. And number three, others deceiving you. So we recognize that there are three categories that can deceive us. We can deceive ourselves. Then Satan can deceive us. By whispering into our ear thoughts. And it seems as if we are the one who generated the thoughts. And because we thought we are the one thinking. Not knowing that there are some evil spirits around speaking to our mind. We do those things. They will look good. 
but they will not be God. And we can now form opinion from those thoughts, which will become a way of behaving or a way of reaction, a way of thinking and doing things. And at the end of it, we regret. And human beings have had this pattern again and again, that you just do things because of your thoughts, and then you will recognize at the end of the day, the result is not very palatable. And then we look at the third one, which is an independent person deceiving you and I, a third party deceiving us, friends, enemies. Because sometimes some enemies will come near you like friends, but they are interested in seeing your shame. And they will tell you to do things which you will think they are sincere, but end of it is shame. They will lie to you how many times, how much they love you, how much they care for you, and all stuff like that, and get you into some acts. And when you are in the act, they will back off. They will not be caught. You are the one who will be caught. And then you regret. There is a lady who, uh, many years ago, came to this church. She was from the Wagaman Church, the Leicester Church. And this lady had a boyfriend very beautiful lady, and the boyfriend was um, involved in, um, in those days, it was credit card fraud. All right? So, uh, but the boy used her dress for his meal. They're not married. So, and she will take the letters and put it in her bag and go and give the boy. And then one day, the police have been stalking the boy, and then they discovered that she had relations with the boy. She didn't know what was in the letter. So she packed the letters, put it in her bag, and while they were going, the boy, was, the boy joined, and the police apprehended all of them. So the police now checked, the police now said to her, what do you have in your bag? She said, oh, let us for him. She said, okay, open it. And they opened, stripped it open. And she saw credit cards and all the letters. And the police said, sorry, you're under arrest. They put handcuffs. They said, why do you arrest me? They said, when you get to the station, you know, do we please talk? They arrested the boy. The boy didn't ask why because he knows why. So, but that boy had a priest in the church who prayed for them for protection so that they will not be caught. Did you see that now? The priest praying for them. So the priest shared the money. And the priest also have his own card that come to him. So they arrested him. They arrested the priest. And the, woman, the girl doesn't know the priest was involved in that. So they arrested the girl. And they took them to court. They had, they had the first hearing, second hearing, and at the time they were going to have the verdict that the lawyer called the, the lady and told her that you will go to jail because handlers commit the same gravity offense like perpetrators. Say so nothing will stop you from going to jail. She began to cry. How will it be? Nobody went to jail in my family. I am from Nigeria. They don't go to jail like that. You go to jail, everybody will not want you again. So she's from a very reputable family. Now listen to me. So why she was crying about, she said, she said, the prophet was telling them that we are going nowhere. <laughs> the prophet was telling them that, forget it. I am confident of the power. But he will say the power of Jesus. But you know that it's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. So, and the lady in her demise, someone said, why don't you come and see uh, Apostle? They brought the lady to me. She told me the story. When I looked into her eyes, I discovered she was not lying. She's naive. Satan set her up. So I said, okay, will you confess what you have done to Jesus? 
your own sin is not that you were involved in fraud. But you are a young lady. You are not married to a man. You are sleeping with a man. And the man is living in your house. That is fornication. You say you go to church. You don't know the Lord. You die and you go to hell. Go and tell God you are sorry. She wept and wept and wept and wept. Because her says that I should pray for her. You know, because that's what the prophet do for them. Pray for them to protect them when they are doing the act. And they believe that Jesus can only protect you when you are doing the wrong thing. So she expected me to pray for her and change the tide. I said, no. You reconcile with God. That's the point. If you die before your, your case, you are going to hell. So I've shown her the scripture. She broke down. She began to beg God, forgive me. I will not do that again. I'm so sorry. Why did I do this? Why did I do That's what I wanted. Because when a man repents truly before God, it does not matter how reckless the past was, God will overlook it. When God overlooks your wrong, you will not be sentenced by man according to the wrong. Once God forgives you, you'll be shocked. So, I now led her to Christ. As I now pray for her, as I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, the Lord said I should tell her that she will not go to jail. I said, darling, you will not go to jail. She said, no, I will. I said, you will not. She said, my lawyer said, I will. You know, at that time, I wasn't a lawyer, so I didn't do law then. So I didn't know what it means. Handlers and perpetrator. I said, God told me to tell you that. The judge will give you suspended sentence. He, she will tell, he will tell you, don't commit crime for two years. Alright, but jail you won't go. She said, well, how can I believe that? I said, go. But now start serving God. Okay? Don't have anything to do with that boy. She said, I've left him alone. Because you know, the boy put you in trouble. When the, when the police caught her, the boy denied the letters. Yes, what do you expect of him? It is police who looked at him and said, you are a liar. Is it not your name? She said, no. He said, no, because he bears several names. So, in the courts, the prophet raised his, leg, left, his left foot up. <laughs> in the British courts. He had told them that the moment he raised his left foot, the joy will confuse. So he raised his left foot up, and the judge looked into him. He looked into the boy. He said, because you are the main perpetrator, five years imprisonment. He looked to the prophet. The prophet was in his... <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, you call yourself a man of God. You are supposed to teach people the right thing to do. He said, Three years imprisonment. <laughs> so the leg came down. <laughs> and the leg began to shake. The girl said, she was saying, oh my God. Oh my God. So she said she thought they would give her four. The judge looked at her and said for you, I recognize that somebody played on your brain. You were used. He said, the evidence before me tells me that you are not a perpetrator. Neither are you a handler. He said, because you were deceived into loving a wrong person. He said, so, and I looked at your record, you have never committed a crime. He said, I give you two years suspended sentence. Her lawyer said, ah, in the court. Her lawyer. The woman was shaking. They came out of the court. She ran straight to the church. The first combo that this church bought, not this one, it was like this, that lady bought it for the church. Because in those days we just started the church, I used my power guitar to sing, and then no microphone, nothing. The woman went and bought this and bought the microphone for the church when we started. It was just at the time we started. You see, what I'm saying to you is that I wanted to see the three spirits The demonic spirit whispers into our human mind, and everything they tell us may look good, but they do not look God. 
when they set us up, then we get to the peak. They will arrange those who will arrest us or who will catch us in those acts or the problem, and they will back off and laugh at us. That's what the civil spirit is doing. They rejoice when you have sorrow. They rejoice when you are regretting your life. They rejoice when they succeed in destroying you, <clears throat> using you to destroy you. But then, we also recognize that these deceiving spirits do not, cannot prevail against a person unless you bought their ideas and it became yours. Yes? So, when the ideas become yours, then you would begin to deceive yourself. They will tell you how many people have escaped doing what they ask you to do. And they will tell you why you too must escape. Alright? So, look at the book of James. The book of James, chapter 1. Look at verse 13. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Will you see this? So, God does not tempt a man. The heart of temptation comes, therefore. It says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Then he went for them in verse 14 and says, But each one is tempted when he, by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be what? Deceived, my brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Who does not change like shifting shadows? Now, if you look at the scripture, it says, When man is tempted, let him not say, God is tempting me. But each man is tempted when by his own evil desire. Understand that the evil desire is not yours until you accept it from thoughts. Same thing with God. When God wants you to do something... He speaks to you by the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, I was preaching in, in um, what do you call it now? Cathedral. And as we were finishing preaching, the Holy Spirit said to me, there is a member of the church who <clears throat> was struck by a sickness today. She was supposed to be in this service. But she's in excruciating pain right now as I'm speaking. She could not come to this service. And so the Lord says, I should pray for that person. So I said, Church, there is somebody here who was not, is somebody who is supposed to be here in this meeting, who is not here in this meeting because he's been attacked by a particular, whatever it is, in her abdomen, and she's having excruciating pain. Right now, I decree, release her in the name of Jesus. I command you healed. Then I prayed for other people. I'm talking about desire becoming yours before you can be. A victim of it. That person was Pastor Debbie's mother. She, not knowing that at that time, she called the, church, the New Cross here and called Pastor Sidney that, please, please, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, come home, I'm dying, take me to the hospital. They ran home and found her with excruciating pain. So at the time the Holy Spirit was speaking, they were already home. Arranging to take her to the hospital. Look at me. They got to the hospital. Doctors did every... You know doctors can't treat her. They went to do checks. All questions. They don't know what is wrong with her. So she was there. Suddenly she found out the pain is gone. It is at the hour that we spoke. But the doctors now took her blood. Took everything. You know to test. Following day. They brought the result. And said nothing is wrong with you. 
So because nothing is wrong with you by testing, we can't give you any medication. <clears throat> there are three spirits that speak to man. The Spirit of God, who incites you and I into good things. Things that we do, and we will, it will be gracious, and we will not regret, we will be thankful to God. The spirit of the devil, with all his demons and stuff, who lie to our spirit so that we can do things that we end up in regrets. And the spirit of the man. But when it comes to temptation, Satan will not be guilty of my temptation or your temptation because by the time we commit the act, it has become our evil desire. That's what that scripture says. It becomes our evil desire. So therefore, I spend great time helping you to understand that you must not allow yourself to be deceived in any way. But let me say to you, by the way, it does not matter how long the devil wasted our lives. Another way, another thing that the devil does for people is that he will make some people sit down and begin to feel pity for themselves for what they had not done in their lives. I will gather now. Now, if you sit down and you are feeling compassion for yourself for not being able, for not for not have done some things that you should have done, which should have helped you in this time, that itself is self-deception, because you're thinking about your past that did not go in line with what you would have done because of ignorance cannot better your tomorrow. No matter how much you weep over the mistakes you have made in life, no matter how much you feel, you know, you know, you, you know, blame yourself for everything, it cannot change your tomorrow. So, if you thought about a mistake you have done in the past, if it is God who brought it to you, okay, the difference between the devil and God is that God can bring your past to you, the devil can bring your past to you. When the devil brings your past to you, it will depress you, it will make you feel... You know, you are useless, you are stupid, you see yourself now, look at where you are, blame you. But if it is God, He never blames you. He tells you now, get up and do something now. You can better your tomorrow. Do this, do this, do this. And those things that you will take the action in another future, a year to three years, you will forget the sorrow of ten years ago. That is God. God does not accuse man. Satan is accuser of brethren. I went to get the church. Is this headquarters? You are making me feel like wanting to take coffee. Black coffee with honey. Because when I ask you a question, you don't answer well. I think all of us are tired. Huh? We are not tired. Well, when we finish this stuff, uh, this meeting, hey, tell those guys there. Get some some coffee and tea there so that we can go and refresh ourselves. But before you refresh yourself, hear the word of God. Hallelujah, somebody. Tell somebody I cannot be tempted by God. The devil is the tempter. I overcome his temptation by the blood of Jesus. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Satan doesn't want us. To move ahead in life. Why do I say that? God can bring your past to your memory. But to help you get up from your mess. Satan will bring your past. And make you regret. And feel depressed. Romans chapter 4. Verse I think is um, verse 7. It says, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, though whose sins are covered. Your past is forgiven. Look at the next verse. I will read the, second, the verse 8 together, please. Blessed is the man whose sins the Lord will never count against him. I love it. What you wear, God forgets it. But you must not go back to it. Nobody who, be, who was failing before loved to fail again. If God forgot your past, then God wants you to stay clear from it. 
He wants you to remember your past as a ladder to learn that there's a better tomorrow. And you can tell those coming younger, you know, below you that, look, don't go that path. I've been there. Look, at, I suffered. It is good for us to tell ourselves the truth. I would mean, there's no Mr. Perfect among us here, is there? Aha. So if you made a mistake in life, don't lead others to the same mistake. Tell them that, look, I'm a bad example of that. Don't go there. This is what happened to me when I went there. You, you don't do that again. At least if one of us suffer for something to gain experience, others should just get it free. I was in Birmingham yesterday, until uh, this morning, and one of the things that they, they were teaching in Birmingham was raising godly children. And one of the things that we discovered is that a lot of parents don't tell their children where they missed it, tell them their life to help their children learn how not to make mistakes. It's not so in my house. My father would sit me down and tell me everything about him. That's why I'm so wise when I was a young boy. And I'm wiser now that I'm growing old. Not older. Not old. But older. <laughs> Hallelujah. I refuse that my cheeks will go in. I will not permit that before I die. I will grow old, 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 old. And make sure that my cheeks are still robust and not frail. And be doing like this. Instead of me to become a locomotive engine, I will tell God I'm going. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we must share with one another what we have done wrong as well as what we've done good. So that you can know that you are not the only one there. We have passed that before, so you don't do it. Because the result is terrible. So you can learn from our own mistakes to know how to avoid such so that you will not have the regrets that the older ones have. And this is the principle from the scripture. Therefore, blessed are you because God will never count your sins against you. Alright, so we're looking at watch out that no one deceives you. And I told you that the greatest deception is when a man deceives himself. Alright? Now, I help you to understand that there is no age limit to improving your life okay yesterday a few number of questions came out from the children who were asking questions when we we're talking about raising godly children one of the things we resolve is that a, a parent can never give back to godly children if the parents are ungodly you will never get people to come to the church regularly when you as a parent do not you will never get your children to lead in the youth group when you yourself you are doing nothing in church. You will never expect your children to come to a prayers convention when you just come every Sunday. Like father, like children. Are we together? That's the first thing we recognize. The second thing we recognized was that the children were asking, uh, well, not when I say children now, no, I don't mean babies. I, let me call them youths. I think it's better I call them youths. They are no more children. They are, they are uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. One of them asked a question that when a father commits adultery, does, does, is it not right for him to repent to the children? Okay. Now, the answer is, to who did he commit adultery? To the wife. And to God. So if he has to repent, who do you repent to? The one you committed sin against. Correct? That is being sincere. Then, he asks again, what about if the father has gotten children out of the adultery? So, that father has committed against the wife and against the children because he breached the confidence and the trust of the children. Isn't it? So, to such father, what does he do? He will repent to the wife, to God, and to the children. Are you with me? 
Then I say, what about who is the minister of God? He has breached the confidence of the church. So he has to repent to his wife, to his children, and to the church. Now if you look at the chain of reaction of sin, then why can't you avoid it? Why can't you avoid it? So, what we are looking at is the deception of Satan in the last days. Satanic deception of the last days. Therefore, watch out that no one deceives you. Under the no one, we also look at prophets who deceive people, isn't it? What will happen in the pulpit? Now, this no one led us into First Timothy chapter what? Four verse, verse one. What does it say? Very quickly. The Spirit clearly says or expressly says, In the latter days, Saul will abandon and follow and Hallelujah somebody. Now the first thing that I rejoice on is that not all of us will abandon the faith. But some will. So today in the church of God all over the world, many abandon the faith. What is the faith? The faith is different from faith. Okay? Faith is a substance by which you please God. <coughs> Hebrew eleven six. But the faith is talking about Christian practice. Alright? The faith of Jesus Christ. The doctrine of the word. Now the Bible says in our time, some people in the church will abandon the faith. And they will follow deceiving spirits, that is spirit that will deceive them. Then they will follow things taught by demons. So if demons will teach, it means that they will teach from the pulpit, isn't it? Because you and I don't go to any other place where they teach us, apart from academics. And the Bible says that church people will follow things taught by demons. It means that there will be ministers, like Jesus said, who will be influenced by demons, and they will teach things that are, you know, contrary to the truth. Something contrary to the faith. They will change the faith to try to give you something that looks good, but not God. Something that looks easy, okay, but cannot end you up in heaven. Something that looks very charismatic, but you cannot overcome the powers of Satan by it. So therefore, we now explore into further information about that from the book of Second Peter 2 verse 1. But there were false prophets among the people, just as there were false teachers among you. Or there will be false teachers among you. So we recognize that the instrument of Satan in this end time are false teachers. Are we together? Now, for you not to fall a victim of false teachers, you must read the Bible and know it yourself. So that you are not just believing every garbage. You are not a dustbin that everybody just come and pour all manners of stuff into and you run with it. Because if you run with a lie, you never get the truth. If you base your lie principle on your life principles, on lies, then end of it is, is regret. Okay, so the Bible says that in the church of God, there will be false teachers, of course, for prophets as well, they will secretly introduce you to destructive heresies. That is, the teachings they will teach you will always give you, it will always destroy you. Even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, Bringing destruction upon themselves. The Bible tells us that all these false ministers will be destroyed. Now, who are they? Look at the next verse. Verse 2 says, Many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way of truth into disrepute. Now, let me show you something in that statement. Many will follow their shameful ways. Now, which means that the things that those pastors will do will be very shameful. That's the false information. Then people will follow it. I will gather now. 
Those ministers will do shameful things. Then people will follow it. Hmm? I will show you some few things. Then the Bible says they will bring the way of the Lord to disrepute. I have met people on the way sometimes in some places and, you know, say, hey, how are you? Well, you, you know, introduce ourselves, um, Apostle Williams or Reverend Williams. And the look they give me, it's like the earth should open his mouth and I'm swallowed. Sometimes they are saying, one of them. One of them? One of them what? A man of God needed to be respected. But these people who brought disrepute to the God we serve, they have tainted the name of a minister. And when people meet you, they think you are just one of those thieves. A minister got up in Nigeria, a big bishop, and he says that, Thus said the Lord, from today, I, divorce, I should divorce my wife. Yes? And I should marry the head of the choir. Yes. And from there, the wife don't go home anymore. Send her away. And then took the head of the choir. Then divorced his wife. Married the head of the choir. I'm not talking about many years ago. We're handling the case right now. Kicked the woman away. The woman graduated as a lawyer. He was not a graduate. He approached the woman. The woman married him because he's a man of God. He now told the woman, you cannot walk. So the woman could not practice law. She, he removed the woman from practice. Do you know it's a wicked thing? For you to tell a woman not to walk, where did he go to school for? That's very wicked. Remember your wife is a daughter of some parents. They put in their life into their daughter so that their daughter can be sensible and, and, and be independent. If any man tells a woman not to walk, carry your bag and baggage and run for your life. Yes, because they are wicked men. Men who do that, this is what they do at the end. They will bankrupt the woman. The woman stopped practicing 22 years marriage. His own God told him that the woman has witchcraft. So the head of choir does not have witchcraft and he severed the relationship and he married the head of choir. You know, that is not a big problem to me, but this is my main problem. 90% of the church followed him. When the older one said, no, this cannot be pastor, uh, bishop, you cannot do this. The younger ones there said, how can you question him? Is it not bishop that we listen to, to know what God is saying? And if he says that the Holy Spirit said, I should divorce my wife, who are you to confront him and say he's not? You understand? They are naive. The Bible says as, as much as they have given themselves, they have said not to have the, the, that God in their contemplation, God gave them to reprobate mind. They are reprobates. What about if that woman is their sister? They never thought about that. The woman has children, grown-ups, in university. And their father just came and fired their mother. There are many other things that happened thereafter because that woman went to the father figure in the country. And the father figure in the country, the woman went there with boldness that, oh, daddy will help me. He will talk to my husband. And you know what daddy said? Do you also have witchcraft? Hmm? The woman said he dropped. And the woman said, daddy, you are a man of God. You should see if I have witchcraft. If I have one, take it away. And the father said, Well, go and search yourself. But the son who divorced and married was discovered by the Holy Spirit that he had been committing adultery with that girl for five years. Because he sent his wife to America while he is having affairs with the girl. Obedient wife went to America. For a holiday, the husband said, don't come back yet. Don't come back here for five years. And on the fifth year, he called her back to tell her that his own spirit told her, him to divorce the woman. I'm not telling you a story of people who have died. This is the reason why I wanted my television program to hit them in Nigeria from the head to the bottom. 
in Lagos. Let me say this to you. Those who followed him, who are they? Naive. If anybody teaches you the word of God, you are supposed to read it. The Bible is written in common language, English. And if you don't have one, go and get the one in broken English. There is Patois English Bible. There is broken English English Bible. Yes. Those of you who are from Nigeria, from, you know, uh, uh, there, is, there, is, there is broken English Bible. And if you are from Jamaica like me, there is Patois. Alright? So that everybody can read it. In many languages. We are living in the last days. These ministers who are false, many will follow their shameful ways. But the next verse says, In the agreed, these teachers will exploit you with stories that have been made up. They are greedy. They are the one that every message will lead to an offering. It will lead to a seed. To sow seed is of the scriptures, but to tell me the seed I should sow is of the devil. If we want to buy a property here and we decided that, okay, we want to give minimum X amount, it's our decision. But for anyone to tell you that God told me that everybody in this church should give not less than, God don't speak like that. God is not, in, you know, God is not interested in, in, in forcing you or maligning you to give him something. Or spend on the pulpit here 30 minutes look, you know, announcing offering and preach to people for 10 minutes. That's not God, man. They will exploit you with stories. All manners of seed, they give them names. They have the devil. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction had not been sleeping. Alright? I love this. Passport tells us about their judgments. But I'm not interested in that yet. Let me take you a little bit more because I'll finish in a very short time now. I'm just preaching for three, 30 minutes. Almost 30 minutes. I'm doing very good now. Isn't it? Let me give you more. You need to know the truth. It's the truth you know that determines how free you will be. Look at the book of Jude. You remember we ended at Jude, isn't it? Jude chapter 20. How many chapters do you have in the book of Jude? One chapter. All right. Jude, verse 1. Because Jude has only one book. One chapter book. End time. Look at what it says in the first verse. Shall we read it together? How many servants of Jesus Christ are here with your hands to me? Anybody who is born again, once you have given your life to Jesus, you are servants of Jesus Christ. Let me say this to you. Understand that you are not servant of Jesus Christ because you are a righteous man, but because you rely on him who made you righteous by the blood. For all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So when God calls servants, he's talking to those who serve him. We're together now. I remember in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 29, it says that you are the brothers of Jesus Christ. Correct? Come on now. Romans 8:29, brothers of Jesus Christ. But this Jew says, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James... To whom, to those who have been what? And, you know, you have to change this stuff. Because I cannot see, this thing is seems as if it goes beyond your, your barrier there. Did you see what it says here? To those who have been called, loved by the Father and kept by Jesus. Listen to me. To those who have been called, which is you and I, but loved by God, the Father. Do you know that God loves you? 
Some of us don't know how much God loves us. Let me tell you something about God's love. Because God's love did not depend on your behavior. He's just a father who loves his children. Alright? That's the reason why your sins and my sins, we should have led us to hell. He sent his son to intervene. So that we can be restored back to him. But then to those of them who have been restored back to him who called, the Bible says, Jesus Protect them. Tell somebody I'm loved by the Father. I'm protected by His Son. And I'm directed by the Holy Spirit. God loves me. Jesus protects me. Holy Ghost empowers me. Come on now, think about it. If the Father loves you and the Son protects you, can any voodoo have power over you? Simple. If the Father loves you and the Son protects you, can any talisman affect you? No, it's not possible. It's not possible. So, if the Father loves you and the Son protects you, can a demon then mess you up? No, it's not possible. It's not possible. But you understand the fact that, yet, some Christians are afflicted by devils. How do we interpret that? He that dwells in the shelter of the Most High will what? Abide. I love it. It is your response to the love that determines it. God loved Jesus. And Jesus taught us how to respond to the Father. Look at the book of John. Chapter 5 verse 19. It said, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. So the first principle is that if the father loves us, then we must do what the father is doing as written in the Bible. Do we agree? Say amen. amen. You cannot say I love God and you are Reckless in your speech to other people. You cannot say I love God and you are disrespectful to other people. You can't say that. How can you say you love God and you make life hard for other people? Deliberately. Just make life ridiculous. Just, you just rejoice when people are sad. And you are the one creating the sadness. Either you are a boss in the office or you are whoever you may be in the office or environment or something like that. In church even. There are some people in church, they give you a bad look. Ah, me. In church. You see, if I was God, I would just put my finger into the eyes. Now look at other people like that. Thank God I'm not God. <laughs> you are lucky. If I was God, I just would go in everywhere. I see people, they, they would just see two hands coming like that. You zoom to the eyes. Because people don't come to church to come and have that kind of stuff, man. They come to God's family, God's household, to meet the people who will love them, who they will love, they will share together, to meet the people who are not holier than thou. That's why they come to meet in joy in God's church. When they are down, someone can lift them up. Not someone just look at them as if they are nobody. And people who do that, they are the ones who are just nothing. Look at you, look at you as if, if they give you such look, you know what you should do? Give them a smile. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Because Satan got the one looking. Don't join the accomplice of the devil. He got that one. That's his demons that are looking like that in his eyes. It's only mad people who do that. And if a person who is insane, who is not, who is not insane, but a, a, a sane man, begins to behave like a madman, demons just wanted to use him for a, a short period. And when the demon is looking bad in his eyes, give me a Holy Ghost smile. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Instead of you joining him. You know, sometimes if you're not careful, they will provoke you to anger. And before you know it, you will do something that you don't really want to do. And then it's you who will now say, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. Why did I do that? They don't have anything to sorry for. Because they have given themselves to the devil. Make the life of people good. Make them happy. Let people know you that when you are around, you are a light. 
That is the word of God. That is the word of God. It says, Jesus said, I do what I see my father do. And he says, Because whatever the father does, the son does also. Look at the next verse of it. Why does the father show him all things? Let's read together. For the father lost the son. Yes. I love it. Before I stop now, listen to me. God will show you greater things. The father loves the son. So, in Jude, he said to those who are called loved by the Father. And here we see, what does the Father do to the one he loves? He shows him all things. God wants to show you many things. He wants to show you many things. But let me say this to you. The reason why the Father shows the Son many things is because the Son loves the Father. God has loved us. Let us respond back to God. How? This is the house of who? God. This is the family of who? God. The pillar and the foundation of truth. So, if it's this house of God, we meet now today. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock, some people are coming to pray here, which you are supposed to be there. You are not there. Tuesday, we pray here. You are not there. Wednesday, we pray here. You are not there. Thursday, we pray here. One hour. Just one hour. One hour only. You are not there. Friday, we pray. You are not there. Then, Saturday, how you pray at home when you are not in the place from Monday to Friday? We pray Monday to Friday here, every 6 o'clock, for you, for everybody. Those who are jobless among us, God will give job to them. Those who are looking for career, God will direct them. Those who are in business, God will bless their business. God will protect us from the hands of the devil. Others are coming to pray, you are not. Do you love God equally? How can you explain that to God? God, you wake you up in the morning, and when you are going, you know, this is what all of us do, including myself. When we are going to bed, we tell God he's in trouble. Make sure I wake tomorrow. Is that not what due to that? Oh, yeah, Lord, I'm going to my bed. Those of you that Satan, maybe a few days ago, he troubled you on your dream. Your prayer will be hotter than everybody. Father, in the name of Jesus, fire, 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 fire. You die, nine, nine, nine. Police or, uh, or ambulance or, or fire brigade, fire! And fire comes, protect you. We wake up in the morning, Father, Lord, I thank you for protecting me now. All the problems of today is in your and God said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. I will tell him all our problems. I'm going for an interview. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. 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 And throughout the day, we don't remember him. But when accident is coming, hey, Jesus! And he said, I'm here. Don't worry. And he takes care of it. So, God to us, we give him all the problems we have. And he takes it. Even the one we didn't tell him, he will go ahead. He will protect us. Then he'll be with you from morning Till evening you finish your work. He said, come and pray one hour. I said, God, I'm busy. God, I'm coming. I'll join them next week. I'll join them the week after. I really want to come tomorrow, but I want to come next tomorrow, but and then one day, Jesus come. And you can't do anything for him anymore. Plus, let me say something to you. When I finish with you, I'm going to switch off the, 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 the internet. I will tell you when it's time because I want to tell you some things that your prayers have done. In this house. You know, some serious stuff for everybody, which everybody will be blessed by. Are we together now? So, if we love God, how many of you have fallen in love before? I have, with my wife 43 years ago. How many of you have fallen in love before? How many of you are married? Raise your hand up if you are married. So, why didn't you raise your hand when I say falling in love? Yes, my mother Dickness did. I don't know what's matter with all these men. God helped them. Look, when I fell in love with my wife 43 years ago, everything don't matter again in the whole world except her. No, I fear no danger. I fear no danger really fear me. Okay? I just want to see 
the one I love every day. Are we together? She will come to my house, my parents' place. We will talk, and I will escort her to her house in the midnight. She will escort me back. I will escort her back again. She will escort me back. Okay? And we can be in the business of escorting up and down. I called my wife recently and said that, look, in those days we talk. Now you don't talk to me. What did we talk those days? Tell me. I said you will not sleep tonight. You have to tell me, talk to me. Everything we used to talk. In those days, I escort you here. We talk. We escort you back. We talk. We talk, 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 talk. What are we talking? Nothing. Hallelujah, somebody. Just talk. If you truly love somebody and you don't feel like seeing the person every day, then what's happened to you? You are not in love. Correct? You didn't answer me. Therefore, if you don't talk to God every day, if you don't see God every day, how can we say we love Him? God is not saying, come and pray for three hours. If someone says to you that, look, you know, we don't pray enough in Christ's tabernacle, tell them to shut up, they're hypocrites. Because Jesus said, can't you watch for an hour? I'm not in the business of people praying for three hours, for four hours, and all the four hours, only one minute concentration they have. Because when they are praying, they have wandered away, they come back. We come, we come to pray just because so that people can say we are praying. I don't, I'm not into that kind of stuff. Look, apart from church, you have your business life to follow. You have your work to do. Job, job. They earn you money. You have your family to talk to. You have friends to relate with. Alright? So that's why I will not detain you here and pray, 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 pray. Where will you read? When will you study something to add to what you have? When will you go home and relax and think about the things you have taught and implement it? One hour. Jesus didn't say, can you not watch with me two hours? He said, can you not watch with me an hour? And let me say something to you about an hour prayer. When we pray those prayers daily, your concentration is in the prayer right through. Because human beings concentrate in about 25 minutes if they are listening to lecture, unless it is dynamic. But praying, you can pray. 30 minutes in the prayer, we let everybody pray. Everybody that comes with leaves a prayer point. And others will pray with you. And those of you who don't know how to pray, when you hear this person say a prayer, that one say a prayer, you say the prayer the way you know it, they will pray with you. And after some time, you can know how to pray. Then the rest 30 minutes, we bring everybody together. And some leaders who already, you know, giant of prayer, they lead you in various prayers, and we pray. Listen to me. And yet someone says that we are not praying enough. When we, which prayer do you call enough? One hour prayer, you didn't come, and you are looking for enough prayer. Which prayer is enough prayer? Listen to me. We must not deceive ourselves. One hour prayer is enough for you. If you can keep it religiously. And with a heart of love for the Father. Now I say this to you, therefore. If you are praying long prayer, what do you do here? If we pray short prayer because you concentrate, you can hear. If you pray and you lose concentration, it's a bad exercise. Because you have a form of godliness, but you deny the power they are in. Therefore, how would you show your love to the Lord? David said, I will be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, thy holy temple. He says, it's better for me to be an usher in the church than to be a king in the palace. Come to church and let's pray. Come to Bible study, let's study about God. So that we dig deep into Jesus Christ. That is a man who does not deceive himself. Are we together now? You know, the way we structure things is so easy that it does not affect your social life. It only gives you an opportunity to serve God daily. Because for God to bless your children, some of you, I was told that the football team, CFT football team, they won the game, the, the what do you call it now, the league. Yes? yes. Where are, the cup. Where are the, where are the football team people here? How many of you played? 
You were among the players. And who again? Players. Let me say this to you. I saw the video of what they played. Yes? But in that your video, you didn't score one goal. How can you say you play, you win? You didn't score a goal in the record? I mean, excuse me. The lesser win like that? These guys won without scoring. They won without showing me any score. You say what? Well, they gave them cup anyway. <laughs> they gave them cup. On Friday, we're going to celebrate you guys. Okay? On the Overcomers Night in the Cathedral on Friday. You're coming over with your cup. And then we'll bring you up so that we celebrate you. Though I have no evidence. <laughs> that you scored a goal. But so when I confide to you, I will say according to what they said. Not according to what I said, because I didn't see one goal. But they said they won anyway. <laughs> Listen to me. If you want God to give you success and your children in their pursuit, you have to have time to serve God in prayer. It is only prayer that can help anybody to scale through life easily. It is prayer that can help you and I to overcome temptation of the devil. It is prayer that can bless your little efforts and God will raise you very, very high. Prophecies that God gave us, it is prayer that can bring them to pass. Listen to me. It is prayer that protects you and I from the powers of Satan. It is prayer that protects us from, you know, devious people. Therefore, tomorrow, 6 p.m., join me here for prayer. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at the mouth of the person and say amen. amen. Say you will be there. Amen. No, you will be there. Tell him you will be there. Amen. Are you not saying it? Let me close my eyes. Say you will be there. <laughs> All right, now before we say the grace, let me say this to you. Take to heart what I'm teaching you. God says, I know my plan towards you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know my plan towards you. The plan to do you good and not to harm you. The plan to give you a hope and a future. If you have made a blunder in the past, forget about it. Stand up. Don't go back to your vomit. There is a better tomorrow for every one of us. In Jesus' name. Now, next Sunday, I'll be teaching you about the promise of the end time for you. What God said will happen to you and I. We will begin to look at that, explore that for the next uh, two weeks. And I'm sure that you are about to get something done. And I'm sure also that heaven is about to act on your behalf. Let's bow our heads now and pray. If you are among us here today and you haven't accepted Jesus, just ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. Just talk to him like that. Ask Jesus to strengthen your soul and give you grace. Grace to do better. Grace to forge your head in life. Grace not to be disgraced. That you will not bring shame to God. Ask God for mercy. That this week, as you are going out, you will find mercy before God. In everything that you lay your hands on, mercy will work for you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy name. Let's stand up. I want to bless you. I go and my King, I pray for all these people. You had been with me over the years and taken me through many things. I testify about you, the God who is able to save. Mighty are you. Protect all these souls in the name of Jesus. Strengthen all these people. 
by the power of your spirit. Protect them from falling away in this end time. From every deception of hell, protect them. Empower your church, O God. Lord, stir up their spirit into prayer. Devil knows when we pray, he loses. So, Lord, stir up the spirit of Christ with tabernacle into prayer. My God and my King, you said I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Lord, let the prophetic spirit rest upon the sons and daughters in this hour. Let my young men begin to see visions. He said the old men shall dream dreams. Let the old men begin to dream dreams. Father, I pray thee, in this season, by the time we'll see together tomorrow, let there be a testimony. We pray for a meeting on Friday. Let it be a landslide meeting that we empower everyone that come. Let your Holy Ghost fire fall upon us, burn within our spirit and empower us. Father, we thank you. May the Lord grant you success in everything you lay your hands on. And may his spirit guide and direct you in this week to the place where God had prepared for you. If anybody came here sick, your blood is healed. I say that your blood is healed. Every organ of your body is healed. I cause lupus to die. I cause cells of cancer or tumor to die in the name of Jesus. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, you are made whole. In the mighty name of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, because it's done. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Jam your hands together for the King of Heaven. Hallelujah forevermore. Say after me, I am loved by the Father. I am cared by the Son. I am directed by the Holy Spirit. Now turn to someone beside you and give them a good welcome. Especially somebody you haven't spoken to before. Look into the eyes of the person. Make sure he's smiling when he's talking to you. You are very, very welcome. Please let's be seated for a while. Before the offering, past, uh, past